And welcome back once again to Lost in Postulation. I'm Neil Fitzpatrick and joining me as always is the wonderful Nicola Volpe. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm back for our fifth episode. Yeah, now we're on now we're on a roll. Now we're now we've got into a rhythm of it, I think. I'd say so. And uh, enjoying it still, loving it. So I think uh yeah, just uh we're gonna we're gonna keep uh keep powering through this 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 uh this fun adventure. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Great vibes all around. Always, always. And uh, before we get into our main topic, and, and for listeners who missed the last episode, we've been working through our, our big buys and sells of 2023. So we have uh, we went through four in the last episode. We're going to get through the rest of them in this episode. Yes. And before we do, I have a question for you, sir. Okay. Uh, and it's it's uh, it might not be exactly what you're expecting, but I want to know, what is your opinion of saunas? <laughs> My, my opinion of saunas, yeah. like uh, as a, as a, a sauna yeah. being the the wooden thing that you get into yeah. at uh, yeah. certain degrees yeah. and uh, sweat a lot. And okay, yeah. saunas. And the reason yeah. I ask is I was in one the other day, and okay. I have mixed feelings about it. Okay, well, uh, I love saunas. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's it's kind of a nostalgic thing. So in those cold Minnesota winters while growing up, it was a big thing where you would sauna, roll in the snow, or dip in a hole in the frozen oh, lake, Jesus. go back into the sauna. So I really acquired that taste i'm a big fan of them and uh, and i wish i would do them uh, more often actually mm. because i do feel like the benefits in terms of uh, in terms of cleanliness in terms of uh, uh restitution and recovery post uh, sports yeah, yeah, uh, for you for a long yeah. distance runner yeah i yeah. guess uh, yeah i love the sauna okay and i love the contrast uh, doing the sauna with the, the cold. cold and uh, okay. yeah absolutely jeez i don't know i think the reason i ask is because it's on my mind i did uh, on friday i, I did a sauna here in, in copenhagen which okay. included like the sauna gus experience yeah. it, which is a whole other thing yeah but i think my reflection was i'm just i've been waiting for the day where it's it gets good you know like i've gone quite a few mm. times and i'm like uh i suffer through like i'm you don't see what the hype is about i right. think the opposite i'm like on the verge of of passing out it feels like oh wow and i'm, and I'm like uh i'm i keep going with the expectation that well i mean everyone loves it so i'm just waiting for the day that uh, i enjoy it but then i think my reflection from the last time was no maybe the point is that it's deeply uncomfortable and you suffer through and that's what you enjoy at the end. Your brain rewards you for surviving the experience by mm. releasing dopamine and saying, hey, good job, you didn't die, you know? Mm. So that's that's my latest uh, reflection on it. Yeah, I think the suffering is necessary up to a point, but I think also it's it's the classic thing. It's like people that, you know, have never run before and then mm. sign up for a marathon and uh, then they go for their first 10K training when they never run and they yeah. are like, oh, I got injured, oopsie. Mm-hmm. You have to build up also with these things like a sauna, right? Mm. So you can't just once a year go and, you know, I'm going to stay in 15 minutes and I'm not, I'm going to hold my breath or whatever. Mm. Like, I think you genuinely have to like be consistent and build up Ah, to be able to enjoy it. So I think there is a light at the end of that tunnel where you can enjoy it, but it takes training. It takes getting used to uh, for for your body. It's like the winter bathers, right? Yeah, yeah, same thing. In the beginning, you're just suffering. By the end, you have some guys that are going out there, you know, every Saturday in the the cold water for five uh, to to 10 minutes. Look at at Wim Hof, you know, like a great example. The guy just swears by the ice baths. This is his whole thing. And he can just do them. He's at the point, he's so well adjusted, he can just hop in and he can talk as if, like like we're talking now, he can just be like, yeah, I'm in an ice bath. It's all good. You build up a tolerance, I think. And there's probably some science behind that but I imagine mm. it being analogous to, for example, uh, with spicy food, right? Yeah. You move somewhere where the food is spicier. So, for example, mm. when I was in Singapore, now I like spicy food, mm. but my tolerance when I came back from Singapore was immense, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then I've tapered back down, obviously. But mm. uh, I think there there is an aspect of it 
where yes, it's the suffering, but you also you know have to be honest uh, with yourself and, yeah. and build up to it. Huh. If you don't have that patience or, or willingness to, then no, it, it it will never be fun. I think. Well, there you go. We like to open the episode with a kind of a, a lighthearted, uh, what's your, give me your opinion on this. So I think that was an interesting one. Saunas. Yeah, saunas. Yeah. More to come. But yeah. uh, I think without further ado, we can get into uh, our our big topic of the day, which is our 2023 buys and sells. Let's do that. And it is time once again for the 2023 big bets, the buys and sells of 2023. Mm. Now, I'm going to just remind the listeners and those who who weren't here for episode four, where uh, the concept here is not literally to pick stocks or anything along those lines. What we're doing here is talking about the hypothetical things that we would invest in or not invest in in 2023, things that are going to have a big year, things that are going to have a not so good year. Uh, For those who missed the last episode, and by the way, you missed a good one, you didn't get to hear us talking about, on my side, I talked about shocking horror movies as a buy for 2023, Mm. something I'm hugely excited about. Making a comeback. Exactly. And uh, in terms of the sales, the one I threw out was the uh, the topic of passive investing. Okay, now that is a bit financial, actually, but I'm not, (laughs) it's still, uh, it was a a discussion more about, you know, the the philosophy of it, I guess, Uh, not to put too fine a... Uh, uh, you gave all of us a great uh, macroeconomic lesson sure why not why not and I'm sure that would have triggered some listeners as well so sorry about that but uh, you had had a couple of uh, buys and sells too yeah so I bought Morocco the country country. Uh, so I would encourage you guys to to go back and listen a bit to that so we were talking about a soft power play on -hmm. on Morocco and then I sold Elon Musk betting that he will self-combust in 2023 exactly and I feel like uh, you'll have a lot of sympathizers on that one. I think you'll have a lot of people who uh, will it'll, join you on that sell-off. Of it'll be polarizing, I imagine. Well, potentially, yeah. yeah. Right. But, uh, well, let's let's wait and see. Yeah. But that takes us straight into the continuation of this list. We have a few more buys and sells to get through. And I believe, Nicola, you have one ready to go. Yes, I do. So, Neil, I am going to buy the Chalamets. Okay, I need a lot of explanation here. The There's... Chalamet family, Neil. Okay. So we're including Timothy. Timothy. It is Timothy. It's not Timothy, is it? I actually don't know how. Timothy, and there's an accent on one of the e's, and then there's an unaccented e. Uh, I mean, you're going to have to dig back into your French lessons for that one. You're the expert. I was hoping I wouldn't have to do that. Timothy. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like if if we were speaking French, I think it's uh, Timothy. Timothy Chalamet. You can even make it rhyme. Exactly. But we're here speaking English, right? And this guy's. (laughs) We we're uh, Timmy. Tim. Big Tim. I don't know. So I assume he's included in your group of Chalamets. He is. He is. um, and I think we can agree to an extent, like him or not, Timmy Chalamet has, oh. is basically carrying the mantle as the Leo of his generation at this stage. Right? I would say he's the Adam Driver of 2022 and onwards. You know? I mean, he's he's done it all, right? He started yeah. super... He's only, I think... Uh, he's from 1995, right? So at, yeah. he was making uh, Call Me By Your Name at like 18, 19 or so. Insane. Now he's done the starting the big franchise with Dune and oh, everything. Crazy. So I think we'll be seeing a lot of Timothy. I think his stock is really, really hot. Yeah, and uh, can only go higher, right? He's He hasn't really cracked the Oscar scene so much. He hasn't right. like, picked up an Oscar yet for supporting or best actor. Right. And I think that's only a matter of yeah. time. Yeah. So I want to get in on Timothy, okay. but, but I'm not know. giving any, you know, insight we don't know about around mm. that i mean mm. we know he's going to be one of the hottest stars in cinema okay i want his stock uh but neil did you know that timothy has a sister three years his senior Ooh. called pauline chalamet 
I did not. You did not. And, and I don't uh, think anyone knows, or at least not many people. Well, know. I'll tell you who knows. People like me and my wife that are now watching mm. season two of The Sex Lives of College Girls. Ooh. It's an HBO Max series. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just, it's, it's just all above to, board. Just to be amazing. clear. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yes. She's starring in this? She is I... starring in it. Okay. She looks uncannily very similar to her brother, mm. to the point where in the beginning I thought they were twins. Okay. Uh, and she, she's she been great. Ooh. She's been fun. She's been bringing a great flavor. You can definitely see, like, the acting chops there. I think she came into the game uh, a bit later than her brother, potentially riding his coattails. But mm. now she's starting to make a name for herself. Uh, and so uh, this is kind of a parlay, right, on the family. So okay. it gets me Timothy stock a bit cheaper, true, right? True, true, Because uh, you're taking the risk. You're exactly. The, uh, uh, uh. But I get to get in on on, on the ground floor uh, with with Pauline, who uh, oh. who has a couple movies lined up in the next year. Uh, a bit more artsy, you know. There's there's a short film in there. There's a, also another independent feature which she'll mm. be a lead on. So she's now going to start to have more and more of these uh, these types of roles. Is uh, is my oh. bet, and uh, I think we could be looking here at a new uh, Maggie and Jake Gyllenhaal, a exactly. new John yeah. and uh, and Joan uh, Cusack, uh-huh. uh, those kind of uh, power sibling, uh, yeah. you know, dynamics. But that's huge because the weird thing I'm trying to figure out is. T- Timothy, I think, is destined for the top tier, right? Greatness. Like like Brad, whatever, that okay. kind of thing. Yeah. And it sounds like Pauline could go to the kind of Margot Robbie, Scarlett Johansson kind of level, right? Like, I think she could. Uh, you think? I think, yes. Right? And I, I really, you know, I think you see it a lot, and we'll get into this one. I have a sell on another actor that uh, oh, yeah. doesn't do much of this, but mm. uh, in terms of the acting chops of yeah. what are they doing uh, when when they're not talking right mm. what are they doing with their face the expressions all of this mm. and you see she has uh some some of those uh some of those tricks up her sleeve uh, already mm. uh wow. and and that could uh could prove an asset in a in a, a hopefully long and lucrative career for her wow. in hollywood it's just crazy i often am skeptical of, of like sibling or family mm-hmm. legacies and we'll talk a bit about that actually in one of your cells all right but uh it's crazy how often it's true that one if one member of a family is extremely good at something it is extremely likely that the subsequent or even older or younger sibling is also crazy good at it you know right. and it, you have to then question is this nature or nurture is it like their, their parents did an unbelievable job in, in helping them to develop these skills or are they born with some particular thing this right. disposition we'll never know but it is uh, a pretty interesting uh and you have the the early versus late bloomer dynamic as well yeah. right look at the colkins yeah prime example Kieran, right killing it Kieran, yeah. out of nowhere i and mean his McCall? brother was big in the 90s as exactly. a child actor right exactly. kieran is coming uh, into his own now exactly my worry with kieran though is like he he suits his character in succession so mm. well and we've seen him in what one or two other things he was in um oh he was in that movie uh ooh, can't remember but uh, he's in like one or two other things that's okay it. yeah but um not exactly like super versatile as an actor no me, that's true postulate. Yeah. it's but rare it, that you see someone in a series where then you can kind of extrapolate them from yeah, that and uh, that's the challenge yeah, right yeah yeah but with pauline i see that okay well i yeah. buy it 100 percent. i'm uh, i'm with you on that i will I'll follow you. I'll I'll put some money on it too. And uh, Chalamet family. Let's see six months from now if yes. the Chalamets are still killing it. I'd say they will. Let's do that. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. And uh, so, do you want to give us a, a sell? I can give a sell. So uh, with the first sell that I would like to to offer you, it feels a little bit of a kind of an obvious one, but I think it's it is a bit obvious. But it's more like to have this discussion because I think it's a, a very interesting one. Mm. The sell that I'm going for for 2023 is social media. Now, whoa, yeah, okay. now, quite a quite a big one, right? Uh, 
But I think what this Musk Twitter kind of saga has shown us is that we're kind of all unwilling participants in this thing. Like a lot of it's a necessary evil, first of all. So there's there's different uses of social media. First of all, there's brands, there's corporations, you know, so they're doing it because they have to, they have to get there. But the majority of like consumers who are on Twitter, for example, let's start with Twitter. They just hate it. They're, they're actively saying, mm-hmm. can't wait to get away from this hellscape app, you know, hate this stupid bird app so much. You know, like this is the kind of sentiment that's floating around. They do refer to it a bit as uh, as, a, as a smoker uh, refers to his pack a day. Exactly. It's like uh, this this like monkey on my back, this like mm-hmm. uh, cesspit of, of horribleness. And it's true. Like pick any tweet. I'm sorry to say like any tweet of anybody, any the most positive tweet you can possibly find. And you'll find a slew of, excuse me, that's not true. How dare you? This is disgusting, mm-hmm. you know? Or potentially uh, much worse things oh, hiding yeah. behind uh, fake handles. Right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And there is, by as a side note, there's some interesting literature for listeners to dig into if they're mm. if they're interested in this. There's a book by uh, John Ronson called "So You've Been Publicly Shamed," and it's getting into these pylons that we do, right? So uh, you know the way, basically from week to week, from, from month to month, there's somebody who is like the villain of social media that week, and it's like you're getting it right now at Elon right. Musk, right? Right. But it has been Will Smith, as we talked about last episode. He has been the the punching bag for for a day or two. There's the guy who was in charge of FTX. He's been uh, Elizabeth Holmes. Oh, She's that's going to keep going exactly. Yeah. So and Mark Zuckerberg comes in every few months to get his beating as well. Like yeah. once in a while, everyone we we just cycle through like people that were outraged at, and in some cases they survive and it's fine, and in some cases it literally ruins their life. So mm-hmm. the book, the John Ronson book, is getting into those less fortunate people who are just a normal person who happened to get caught doing something that the internet decided was completely not acceptable. And had their their location doxxed and their lives ruined. So anyway, uh, social media, Twitter and the rest of it, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and then TikTok, which we can talk about a little bit on the side. These are basically engines for for bad right now. And it links a bit to one of my next buys. So I'll I'll save that discussion for then. Mm -hmm. But I think the, the effect that social media has on us is net negative, right? That we as people are just it, it, the more time we spend on these on these applications the sadder we we come away mm-hmm. at, at the end of it and the more we the, the the more of a gap we have in our in our souls you know not to get too too uh, high and high and highfalutin about it but like we we come away feeling like we need more we want more we have to feel like we're we're more valuable we have to feel like we you know fit in more with with the world right and um i think the tide is turning now with this musk and twitter stuff you're having people just openly say i hate this i want to get off this and uh, facebook is dead in the water as we know it's it's kind of a as soon as our dads and, and moms started using it, it became kind of less cool, you know? Yeah. It became the place where you had to kind of cultivate a slightly different image of yourself. Right. Uh, I feel like Instagram is a joke at this point. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I, I have one and I use it 90% for memes. Like, uh, yeah. it's a great source of memes. But like, this thing of, you know, showing yourself in your best light, you know, it, it's kind of become a bit cringe. Yeah. And hence the rise of Be Real. Have you seen this uh, this app, Be Real? Be Real. Have you heard of this? No? No. Oh, it's huge. It's especially you can tell these. how much I'm using social yeah, media. Exactly. Which is probably a good thing. You yeah. should probably keep that up. But Be Real is this app that uh, a lot of the Gen Zs have, like, so okay. let's say 25s and unders. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, the way it works is once a day, it sends you a notification saying time to be real. And at that exact moment, you have to take a photo. And uh, ah. it's it includes a front-facing camera and the out, outward-facing. Okay. And it's just capturing your life at that moment, right? And the only way you can see other people's B-reels is if you also capture one. Okay. So the, the point is that it's like the uncurated, un, 
unmanicured yeah, stuff, yeah no right? filter none of this stuff exactly right? and 90 yeah. percent of the b-reels you see are just people sitting in, in bed or watching tv or, or whatever, yeah you know? it's all very kind of uh low low key so i think the point is uh up till now we have thought that the benefits of social media outweigh the negatives right that we've been willing yeah. to we've been willing to tolerate the the crap of it yeah. and just say look i don't necessarily love it i don't like having to hunt for a new profile picture uh i don't like going to tourist spots in the world purely to get the instagram photo like i don't like to have to go to machu picchu just to get this town in the background and or you know all this kind of stuff um i think people are wise to that now and we're, we're getting a bit more kind of hip to the idea that uh we don't have to just go curating like versions okay. of ourselves you know so i think 23 is going to be the year long story short i think 23 is the year where we just cut start cutting where we're saying yeah facebook no done delete it yeah. uh, twitter delete it yeah. instagram it's gone so it's a sell kind of with a positive spin from your side in terms of we're going to we're going to step away from the rampant toxicity yeah. and uh and yeah. and that's going to bring about some sort of yeah. positive change or, or reckoning right i think so okay. maybe it's going to be part of a broader technological thing and i do have a buy link to that so i'll, okay. I'll come back to that yeah. but i think that was my uh that was my first big sell. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think you're onto something. I think what what you said there about uh, we've I think now we've had a clear shift from these things being widely considered a net positive to now being a net negative, right? Exactly. And I mean, you can look at it from election interference. You can look at it from you know uh, moderating uh, contents versus the Rohingyas in in Myanmar. You can look at it in terms of teenagers or hell, even adults' mental health. Yeah. Uh, proliferation of fake news i mean i i get very worried when when you know people tell me they get most of their news from social media or don't pay for their news right and all mm-hmm. of these things mm-hmm. because it kind of just kind of feeds feeds the beast and then they're the same people that complain that the other side is giving f- uh, fake news right so so that doesn't really work for me so i i mean I gave up most of my social media, say about four and a half years ago. Mm. I find it an immense time saver. After a few months that you give it up, you don't miss it that much. So Mm. like I still have a Facebook, which I consult, for example, to see when my running group is meeting up or whatever, but Mm. I don't even have the app, right? I have to go directly onto it. Of course, I have my my messaging services like WhatsApp, whatever. But for Mm. example, the Instagram I, I got rid of, I don't miss it now. There is an aspect there, you know, that, uh, you know, my whole family has Instagram. My wife does as well, where if you, if you use it responsibly in a way, if you, if you curate, you know, who's following who, whatever, that there, there is some nice things there, of course. Mm. Right. So I don't think, and and I think your bet doesn't say this is the death of social media. It says this is the death in a way of, of toxic social media, right. Of us being so, so dependent and, and addicted to it, Mm. uh, and, and having it be this, this force of, of bad. Right. Mm. Uh, uh, it's gonna it's gonna take something to to drive that right because in terms of uh, these these are companies that that need to make profits right and mm-hmm. that uh, those profits are driven ultimately by eyeballs and by mm-hmm. stickiness of of these products right so there is probably going to have to be some sort of uh, not just you know the Senate hearings where they grill mm-hmm. Zuckerberg to make some box office and then nothing happens but actually some regulatory aspect coming in and, and so forth, right? But mm. I'm totally with you. I think, I mean, I would like to see your bet come through. Mm. 
Yeah, but, uh, I don't know if we're there. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. there's more and more of these coming out. I mean, there's now there's a whole generation on on TikTok, which yeah. I didn't even bother wrapping my head around. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's becoming fundamental uh, when you when you want to start a new business. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you refuse to be active on social media, even if that's LinkedIn, for example, for a business, mm-hmm. you're digging your own grave of spreading the the word organically. Mm-hmm. Right? So I don't know if we're there yet, uh, unfortunately, because mm-hmm. so for me the alternative was clear. I saved thirty minutes that's 30 minutes i dedicate to reading a book that day for example mm-hmm. or or whatever right mm. i don't know if for this new generation the alternatives are very clear now for, yeah. we would say hey go outside uh, skateboard with your friends yeah. or, or whatever but do what we did before all this yeah. came along right but but they don't know about that reality exactly. maybe is yeah, that yeah, the exactly. issue no totally but like you're i think there's a good divide to be made between the social proof needed for a business to survive in this new market and this new economy which is you need to have an online presence mm-hmm. by the way we need to set up our social medias probably for this podcast at some point we haven't done that right right, right. like that that will be necessary and right. that's probably okay and i like the idea of a direct channel of communication between a brand and a consumer i think that's probably a good thing and mm-hmm. leads to being held to a higher level of account and all these things yeah. and and better dialogue and better brand engagement all those things and then there's the horrible side of it, which is d- direct comparisons from one human to another, where you will always feel inferior, you will always feel, yeah. you know, toxic uh, afterwards. I think being and a teenager the, nowadays yeah. is, is hell compared oh, to when I we were, wish it right? on anybody. Right. Because it's hard enough. Like, being a teenager was always hard. It's always a stressful, yeah. confusing time. a weird time. time, man. Yeah. And at least at the end of the day, as a teenager for me, I could go home from school or whatever and just be in a safe environment where... That was the end of it, right? The judgment stops at the door. Yeah, and now every time you lift your phone as a teenager, you're getting <laughs> lol, stupid hat, you know, whatever, whatever, like yeah. thing they've just chosen to, you know, uh, latch onto. But not to not to labor the point too much. I think it's probably we're not going to get too much disagreement that social media needs to change and the usage needs yeah. to adapt. And maybe it brings me on to my next uh, my next buy. So yeah. I don't know if, if this is a good time to transition. What's the where are we at now in terms of? So you've had a a buy. Yeah, I've had a buy. I've had today. a sell. You've had a sell, so, so you would go buy now. I'll take a buy. So now, stopping that kind of somber note, give us a give us something. Well, uh, okay, maybe yeah. Then maybe I should. Uh, <laughs> no, maybe it's I'm getting fine. too into it, right? <laughs> I, can, I have two buys to to get into. Okay, let's let's park the social media topic altogether, and I'll I'll come back to it. Unless because, you have a wonderful segue, like uh, well, I do, but then I also think it, for the variety's sake, it's good okay. to come go away, and we'll come back to yeah. it at the end, right? We're doing it live, audience. We're doing it live. Thanks for bearing with us as we uh, as we do this. So I think that the, the the second buy that I'd like to, to introduce is something that has really captured my attention in the last uh, few weeks. And I still think we're only at the tipping point now. We're only mm. just on the verge of it. And I'm talking, of course, about AI chatbots. Now, do you know what I talk about? Do, do you know what I mean, first of all, when I say AI chatbots? Yes. Yes, I do. There was something called ChatGPT, which became uh, very popular in the last while. And I even think that ChatGPT is only scratching the surface of, of what's possible here. And the main reason that I'm a convert of this is because I actually had a very positive experience with an AI chatbot. Okay. Recently. So in work, I needed a, I lost my charger for my laptop as I often do. And, uh, <laughs> it, like many large corporations to get something sorted, you need to raise a ticket. And to do that, you have to go to this website and then you have to scroll through many kind of lists mm-hmm. of possible tickets to raise. Mm-hmm. And actually I'm not, I'm no boomer, right? I'm, I'm decent at, at technology, right? At least I like to think so. But I was struggling. I was like, where is the freaking form? But just like, give me a power cord. Yeah, like. I was just, seriously, please. And um, yeah, it's it's just insane how difficult it was. And I, I had this brainwave and I was like, don't we have like an AI chatbot now at work? Ooh. Like, So I opened up chat yeah. in, in our little teams yeah. and there's Marta, our, our little chatbot, you know? Yeah. So I said, hi, Marta. 
um, I need uh, a charger. And she was like, hey, uh, charger, you mean like hardware, like computer hardware? And I was like, mm. yeah, yeah, computer hardware. And she's like, cool, you, you, here's the form. You just fill this in. And I yeah. was like, this was the all I needed. Like a yeah. human a human could have done this. Like I, I could have reached out to our IT person or whoever. The interaction would have been uh, exactly the same, superficially like the same exact interaction. And I got the exact answer I needed. Now, this was a very simple outcome. All right. But the point is, we have historically in the past, say, 30 years, relied on call centers and service centers in often in, in third world or other parts of the world where we pay them a very low wage to do a very low intensity job, which is to go, what's your problem? Yes. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Yeah. Try this, da, da, da. Yeah. And of course, there's an economic incentive there to move away from that model towards an automated AI-based solution, right? Yes. Now, Today, we rely on call centers a lot for various things, and maybe that will never go away. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you'll always want to get through to an agent for, for one thing or another. But I do think there's going to be a time soon where we don't know the difference, that you'll never get to speak in, in voice. It will always be over chat. And even if you think you're talking to a real person, I actually think it'll, it won't be that long before it, doesn't, it literally doesn't matter because you won't be able to tell the difference. So these chatbots, just as a, as a side note, ChatGPT, for example, is able to produce college essays. It can produce web apps. It can produce scripts for TV. It can produce images, no problem. Uh, it's already able to take all of the output that we've had as a species for the past thousands of years and create based on that yeah. by following the same rules. And unfortunately, sorry to say, a lot of our creativity does follow like certain rules and structures. Yeah, and patterns, know? absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. And that also brings to light then the necessity for things like education and film to start to think twice and go, wait, hold on. Are we just cookie cuttering this? Like, are we just asking students to read something and replicate it? Or are we asking them to actually use their brains? Right. right. So I think if, if this does bring about a change where college professors have to think about essays is that really the best way for someone to learn like mm. isn't there maybe a better way or for example if netflix or one of those producers goes are we going to make the 900th uh, romantic christmas comedy movie or are we under threat from ai and therefore do we need to innovate Deep a little fakes bit more? and yeah. whatnot right yeah, yeah. exactly Absolutely. now of course regulation is crucial we need right. to get away from of course deep fakes where we don't know the difference between what's real and what's not but i do think that chatbots in general have a wealth of uh value to add and will be a trigger for innovation that we've been sorely lacking, I think. Yeah. A lot of creativity, as we talked in some of the other buys and sells, a lot of creativity now is like running running the treadmill. Yeah. You know, it's like what works and then capture it and replicate it, right? Whereas I think chatbots will be so good at that that it'll force us, the humans, to be like, okay, how can I actually be different now? How can yeah. I actually be novel here? Yeah. So I think uh, I'm I'm basically one of the I'm one of the believers in, in AI, right? And like yeah. not not a skeptic as such, or not not fearful of what AI has to offer. I'm more just thinking it's going to be hugely viable and shift how we work in so many ways. So I'm yeah. just uh, I think 23 is the year where chatbots will be like the seamless uh, transition into your main point of contact with companies. Yeah, and I can't wait. Yeah, I think it's quite a safe bet. I've seen it a lot in in, in my line of work as well. Uh, mm. You 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 deal a lot with these. I think the the big aspect of it is also that uh, the AI uh, through the machine learning will get better and better mm. and better the more it's used, yeah. the more data is fed back into it. Mm. Right. So mm-hmm. we're already having acceptable outcomes like like the experience you had, for example. Mm-hmm. That only gets better and better. Mm-hmm. Right. So that only then you're able to apply it to more complex scenarios and so on and so forth. So I think. That part is very safe. I like what you said then also about what does that mean in terms of creativity, Mm, right? And that, uh, you know, 
we're not going to be able to push the envelope on creativity anymore in mm-hmm. certain industries, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you're going to actually have to come up with new ways to do uh, to do new things, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because uh, or else you you could uh, you could be replaced by some sort of use of uh, of AI within it. Now that mm-hmm. doesn't mean we're just going to have films with with deep fakes all around. Mm-hmm. No, but maybe instead of remaking that same franchise over and over again uh, mm-hmm. a la marvel or whatever mm-hmm. uh we're gonna be seeing more of this this funky more you know rusty gritty independent films mm-hmm. uh making a, a comeback into into the pop culture for example exactly. right so i think that's that's also a very interesting aspect and then of course the aspect of okay if you are in a call center now uh a call center that you know gets you know maybe replaced over the next five to ten years how do we set you up? Well, not you and me, but how you know governments or, or whoever is in charge set you up for for success and and whatever is uh, yeah. is next, right? So is, that's fascinating. Uh, totally, this territory. is just the, the same again as uh, horses. You know, when when the horse and cart was being replaced by the motor car, the question was what what are we going to do with all these horses, right? Yeah. Like, and to a certain extent, they they had to find something or they had to find nothing for them to do. But this is just what uh, what evolution looks like, what what progress looks like. You know, yeah. sometimes things change massively, and we need to adapt. So, looking forward to it. And yeah. that's my big buy. That's I think that's I think that's a great one, and I think actually you're tapping into. I think 2023 is probably the right time. I mean, we're mm. seeing this. We talked about it, I think, for years and years and years when we were talking about AI, machine learning, and so mm. on and so forth. And then there was I don't know if it's if it's something tied to the pandemic, mm. but there was a huge acceleration in yeah. terms of development in the last three to four years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think now we're we're going to start to to reap even more benefits of those. So you're going to you know potentially be able to lose your power cord on a weekly basis and. Yeah. And uh, and chat with this chatbot simply maybe because you didn't actually uh, lose your power cord, but simply because you want to interact. I just want to enjoy the the conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Why not? Well, I think hopefully. that's it. We've we've gone through that shift now of like AI used to be kind of hilariously bad, and you would be like, "Hello, how are you?" And it would be like error, not understood. You know, right. like, I remember really, the first iterations yeah. of Siri. Oh yeah, god. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Fringe. But I think we're at we're at the tipping point now. So really yeah. looking forward to to twenty three. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Maybe at some point we can get someone that's you know more a subject matter expert on the podcast. Hey, speaking of guests, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we, did, we, yeah. we are always open to a good guest. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. Good. So that was your sell. Um, should I go uh, with, uh, with a sell and then we take a little break? Let's do it. Yeah? One more. Let's go. All right, Neil. Um, I am selling uh, Succession. Our one of our beloved TV yeah, series. I'm that, offended uh, by this one. Actually. Uh, yeah. that, that you and I have actually, uh, whenever it's on, we go back and forth to discuss it. Actually, yeah. I think it was three years ago or so. I had told you about Succession, yeah. and yeah, you yeah. had you had tried the first episode at the time, and mm-hmm. you told me. No, it's not for me. You know, like they, they, I hate all the characters. Yeah. Uh, I can't find a single one I like. I can't watch this. And then I think, I stand by that. Yeah, you yeah, say, well, yeah, and, yeah. and that's kind of the point, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And a couple of weeks later, you wrote me. Uh, it was like on a Sunday or something. And you sent me a text and you were like, just finished success in season one, straight into season two, yeah, like just yeah. binging the thing. Uh, then last year, uh, uh, the season three finally came out. And you and I were having like, you know, weekly reviews of it based. Basically, yeah. listening to all the fan podcasts, like just taking notes about our, each other's theories. So totally. we, we love Succession. I love Succession. Okay. But I am selling Succession. Why? Well, let me tell you. I'm selling Succession. My bet is that season four will be a flop. 
Uh, I think it'll be the last one. I mean, regardless of it being good or a flop, I think it'll be the last one. Mm-hmm. I think from a creative perspective, or else you go down that road of billions where, mm. you know, you're just kind of repeating the same thing, uh, mm. kind of an ER doctor type of show. Mm. Now, the reason I'm saying this, apart from also some, you have some stellar actors there, which probably want to start doing some sure, other stuff, sure, right? Sure. Um now, if we go back to season three of Succession, for those of you that haven't watched Succession, uh, there might be some spoilers here. If you still want to watch it, skip ahead. Uh, in fact, I would encourage anybody to watch it. I think yeah. we can both safely say it's one of the best written shows on television. Oh, amazing! Absolutely, right? yeah, yeah. Um, amazing, amazing show. We're not going to tell. We're not going to go into you know the the plot line or anything. You guys can put it to work yourselves on that. But Please. would encourage you to go and watch Succession. Anyways. We had season three last year, right? Uh, it was it was massive, right? And it's this linear way HBO releases on like Netflix where we see one episode a week. Mm-hmm. We sit with it. My wife and I just had it with the, the last season of White Lotus, which mm-hmm. is another show I encourage anybody to right. see. Created by Mike White, uh, mm-hmm. School of Rock, Natch yeah. Nibli, yeah, genius. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm off. HBO, it just gets me so excited. Yeah. And yeah, Succession yeah. gets me so excited. I love the show. So we had season three last year. Mm. And for me, it felt like this plot line around uh, who succeeds uh, Patriot Logan Roy, mm-hmm. um, Brian Cox's character, has kind of run its course very mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Uh, we flip-flopped back and forth on it constantly last season to the point where I was getting a bit tired of like, how long are they going to drag this, right? One, I have no clue creatively where they go for season four, mm-hmm. right? I'm sure you've probably had some ideas and, mm-hmm. and read some things about it. I have no idea where they go creatively in terms of uh, what happens next. Now the kids are out. Do they try to start their own empire? But I feel like that's territory we've kind of already seen with Kendall trying to do that at the beginning of season two and mm-hmm. and whatnot and all of this. Uh, do, do Shiv and Tom get divorced? Quite frankly, I don't really care, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, I... I just think I think it's run its course. I think um, it, uh, of course, they left it open, knowing that they were going to do a season four, so they didn't really end it on season three. But it wouldn't be the first time where we see shows that go one season too long. We've seen mm. it with our beloved The Wire. Mm. Uh, we've seen it with our beloved The West Wing. Yeah. Right? Maybe going three seasons, seasons too yeah. long. Yeah. The only place we haven't seen that, which was another HBO series, was Sopranos, probably. Yep. Right. Uh, I'm sure there are some others there, but my point being, uh, I think uh, season four is is going to flop just because there's there's fatigue uh, mm. from that storyline. And I think, not that I'm a man of the people or whatever by any means, but if I'm feeling that fatigue mm. as a massive fan of the show, of Jesse Armstrong, mm-hmm. of all these actors, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I think they will struggle to uh, to attract new viewers to it. Actually, yeah, you, you, I'm broadly in agreement with you, and I think you're correct if season four continues to tread the same path as before. Mm-hmm. Because the plot lines you mentioned and the characters and, and the situations you've mentioned, yes, I think we're, we're done with them, actually. There's one, let's say, uh, ace, in, in, uh, ace up my sleeve here that okay. I think can save succession and make, okay. it, make season four an absolute triumph. And it all centers around Cousin Greg. So... All I'm saying is the one the one character whose arc hasn't really completed so much is Greg, right? Mm-hmm. Greg has, of course, developed massively and he's like one of the best things about the show. And that's who we start with. In yeah, season he's our one, eyes right? into the world, yeah, really, yeah, you know. True. But if you remember end of season three, he's approached by Tom and asked, Do you want to make a deal with the devil? And he says, Yes, I do. 
he ultimately throws away. He's like, he's basically lost his last kind of grain of moral fortitude here. And he's becoming the exact thing that he probably was disgusted by in season one, which is like pure conniving, sniveling uh, schemer, you know? And he's on Team Tom. So him and Tom and Logan are like... The one, Tom father, as he's been yeah, referred to. As exactly. Like. So coming into season four now, what I think we have potentially is something around Greg's continued journey in this in this kind of transformation to becoming a new Kendall even like to being worse than oh. Kendall ultimately because Greg was pure and innocent coming in you know he was like uh, a character that we most identified with and he was like his reaction was our reaction to that world you know right right and here we are now where he's like leapfrogging the the, his, the actual children of Logan and becoming like uh, as close to the inner circle as as Tom will be ultimately you know so, okay, and for someone who doesn't watch Succession, I'm sure this is extremely boring. Well, but they've already tuned out. Exactly, yeah. But I think the key point is, the only place I see this show kind of staying crazy interesting and, and amazing is if they lean into this Greg point about, like, okay. how, how low can he go? Like, how bad can he get? How, what, what, what's his limit? Like, who who's going to stop Greg? Or, like, how's Greg going to uh, react when things get really ugly, you know? Uh, I think that I would watch that if Succession is like oh yeah Kendall's really upset about the guy he killed in season one and like you know all this kind of just retreading all that and yeah I think then I I probably will watch it but I won't love it you know but my my reason I'm not too worried about it and I'm not going to sell it actually is because of Jesse Armstrong where everything Mm -hmm. he's shown up to this point is his ability to make this thing good and to hold it to an incredibly high standard. And if you watch, there's some brilliant stuff on YouTube of interviews with him where he's explaining some of the decisions both in seasons one and two and then also the ending of season three and how he knew the ending of season three and how he built towards it through the whole season. I think it's like pretty masterful and like he's still a guy who I see at the top of his game. So unless something has seriously changed, I do think Succession is... It's still going to be a banger. Okay. Okay. So you're putting all your chips on cousin Greg. So basically, yeah. you're you're buying my sell. So we're going to measure. Yeah, we're yeah. up against each other on this. Exactly. So when we it disagree. comes out, I think late late spring is what it's looking like. Looking forward to. Uh, it. We're gonna we're gonna be debating this. I think it seems though, uh, if that's the storyline that saves season four, oh, yeah. uh, you don't have a season five lined up. Though. No, they need to introduce a new character ultimately. Like we we had some new characters in season three, yeah. like this the guy who owned the the bigger you know social media company and stuff. This well, and we had there. Adrian Brody was brought yeah, in uh, Skarsgård's well, son right yeah so we had some and none of those were like you know here to stay characters let's say so let's see but uh, I think if we can get some new interesting characters in season 4 those will be the ones who carry us through into 5 if but do we want that it starts to become potentially a whole whole new show yeah no I could see after 4 I, I could probably see it hitting its natural conclusion and mm-hmm. maybe you do like a victory lap season five and, and then right. wrap it up. Yeah. I love The Wire. We yeah. all love season five yeah. of The Wire. I mean, season Not. five of The Wire though, being at the worst season of The Wire, is still a better season than many, many other shows. 100%. Right? So 100%. That's what I'm happy. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy for Succession to kind of fizzle out in that yeah. way. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Lovely. Um, so yes, I, I stand by my guns though. I'm selling it. I think season four is going to flop. You think they're going to, Jesse, uh, you know, we'll figure out season four mm-hmm. and we might even potentially have a season five succession, so. ladies and gentlemen. And welcome back. Uh, here we are continuing with our big bets for 2023. Yeah, we're nearly there. Yes, we are. So Neil. What do you got for us? One more sell for us here, and my last sell of the of the list. So we've had a few, but uh, this one I actually kind of struggled as to which way to approach it because there's a few different ways I could phrase this. And what I've come down to is the concept of franchise movies. 
now. Oh, so yes. We're back, we're back on the movies topic one more yes, time. Yes, thank you. And I think what we've learned from 2022 is that it is possible to saturate a market like this, despite it being a global mega phenomenon for the past basically, I think, 20 years, to be accurate. This all started with uh, Iron Man, basically, right? That was uh, the MCU creation, the, yeah. the creation of the, the initial, like, phase one of Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. And well, the first spark might have even been the first Amazing Spider-Man a couple of years before uh, that. true. I mean, yeah. The, the Tobey to Maguire. Exactly. That, and that was, like, that was the one that proved the concept that mm-hmm. there's an appetite for comic book movies and that the, the mainstream audiences wanted to get in on the comic right. book uh, vibes, right? Then we had the Hulk, we had the Ed Norton Hulk, and then we had Iron Man around the same time. And then yes. that was wave one of what, on, what went on to be the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I, like everyone else, kind of got a little bit swept up in that. And uh, mm. I actually kind of liked it. Like building towards knowing that we were going to have these Civil War movies, knowing that uh, the Captain America part was going to build into the Thor part and all this. Mm. It kind of uh, picked up steam and it peaked, as, as we know it did, uh, with Endgame, Avengers, uh, where we had these two incredible Avengers movies, where Infinity War and Endgame, which were like, a moment in our culture like we people really dialed into them at least uh in america i know it was like an, a complete epidemic of, of yeah. enthusiasm but i think globally as well we all had a bit of an appetite for it and then along came disney plus and by the way I've, i know i focused only on disney but in in the background here we had the dc cinematic universe doing the exact same thing right like, trying to ape it trying to do unsuccessfully yeah. you know we've had uh just some absolute dogs of movies like some really terrible movies you and i went to see aquaman which was oh, like God. part of that dc cinematic universe but we've also had um the suicide squad which is a complete disaster traumatic with, with will smith we had the snyder cut of uh the justice league as oh, well that's as like that yeah. four hour yeah 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 just uh, miss after miss illegal. after miss totally miss after miss after miss right um and let's not forget some other good franchises like The Dark Knight came and went. That was like uh, probably a, a great example of a franchise, you know, not overstaying its welcome and, you know, embracing a new Batman and getting three movies out of it and then quickly saying, okay, bye-bye. That was great. And awesome. Yes. Thing, right? Anyway, Disney Plus has annoyed me massively. I actually subscribed to Disney Plus uh, for a while there. And mm. I even tried. I, I gave them the benefit of the doubt and said, okay, it, from the outset, it sounds like they're making a lot of stuff here. And I don't know if I have the appetite. I don't know if anyone has the appetite right. for that much stuff. And what we got was WandaVision. We got Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We got all these, uh, the, the one with Loki, which I actually liked a bit. But like, it just it, it just got out of control. We had all uh, the Star Wars stuff as well. Oh, don't right? get me started because that, okay. that's a whole other thing, right? <laughs> so the Marvel thing starts, gets run into the ground, and we all just run out of interest. This Black Widow thing, nobody got on board with, and then even Hawkeye, I watched, and I was like, okay, enough of this. And now Wakanda Forever comes out. I'm just not going to watch it. I'm, I'm like out of energy for them. So Mar- Marvel is like dead in the water to me. Mm-hmm. Then Star Wars. Let's rewind then, right? So Star Wars, the first ever sci-fi film franchise. Uh, is a massive success. We have A New Hope, episode four, five, and six, right? Yeah. Amazing films. Never, nothing can ever be said against them, right? Yeah. Episode one, two, and three also came out. And I think were unfairly panned at the time, particularly episodes one and two, because they're actually, I think they, they stand up decently well. As yeah, movies. absolutely. Like they're funny. Like yeah. they're, they're campy and a bit stupid. Yeah. And like, you know, there, there were some weird decisions, but like in each movie, there's parts you can point to and say, those are cool. And I'm, yeah. I'm glad those exist. The freaking new trilogy the the Force Awakens and, and that whole trilogy, I, hate, I yeah. hate every moment of them. Okay, yeah. and the more we get into them, the more annoyed I get about them, and I stop watching them. But like, 
it then extends to The Mandalorian, which I'm sorry, I know a lot of people love it, but it's just not a great series. It's extremely formulaic. It's it's so paint-by-numbers, it's it's just insanely boring. Andor apparently is very good, but too bad because you've Heard lost that, me already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, they've lost me already. There's been uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, which again was this like, how do you mess this up kind of thing of taking a really cool idea and just making it as slow and boring as possible. And no. by the way, there's no risk or danger in any of them because they've decided Disney that nobody dies anymore in anything. So when, when previously someone would get cut in half by a lightsaber, now it just kind of bounces off them and they go, uh, and die, you know, right. so we've lost, we've lost the actual, like any, we also, the visceral realness of Star Wars altogether. And again, I think we're in a position now where Disney are probably looking at their numbers to here at the end of the year and seeing, uh-uh. This is this is also a little bit out of steam, you know. Yeah. Maybe we want to double check if we want to do six more series in 2023, which are related to yeah. uh, Star Wars or Marvel, right? Yeah. I think the point I'm making here, long story short, is it was a great idea, like a cinematic universe, establishing one and delivering on it, and making something that all clicks together was a kind of a cheat code for excitement and engagement from an audience. Let's remember these came through acquisitions, right? Yeah. So Disney acquired Marvel and acquired Lucasfilm. Acquired acquisitions, right? Yeah. And now, unfortunately, it's run its course. We are saturated as audiences. We're not excited about, oh my God, actor A is going to stand next to actor B on screen. That's kind of run its course. And we're, I think we're also tired of the, the sanitized Disney version of everything. That like, okay, I would love to see uh, an example of a Marvel movie where, you know, things get a little bit real, you know, like yeah. somebody actually dies, you know, or like a topic gets talked about, which isn't uh, approved for Chinese audiences, which is currently the case, right? Everything has to play globally yeah. in every market, even if it's uh, China, then it has to be sanitized and they won't talk about right. certain things. Right? Censored, one might even say, instead of sanitized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so I'm, I'm just bored with all that. So I think 23 might be the year where we really just say, I'm done with all these, right? Yeah. And it's time for new stuff. What are we, like, can we get past sequels? Can we not have Avatar 2? Can we have something, like, actually new? Because Avatar, at, at its time, was super cool. It was innovative yeah. and new, right? Yeah, yeah. And Way of the Water, by all accounts, is flopping out there. Like, it's it's still, it's people are going to see it, but it's not, like, nobody's excited about it's it. It's critically right? flopping, but box office... No, even box office. Yeah, I mean, okay. it, it underperformed its opening weekend. Okay, it had yeah. estimations of like eighty-eight million, and it came in under that. I think mm. I'm not too into the numbers of it, but like, right. what I'm seeing is that initial numbers are indicating that audiences aren't like running in their droves. And Disney's explanation is like, or is it Disney? Yeah, the the explanation is like, uh, it it maybe it's COVID and people are being careful before Christmas and whatever. Right. But like, I do think it's yeah. it's not quite there. So anyway, long story short, like I said at the start with the horror movies in in the last episode was. Uh, I think we're, we have an appetite for something more now, you know? We want to be a bit surprised. We want to be a bit kind of taken outside of our comfort zone. And I think these franchise movies do the opposite of that. We end up leaving the film, we, we leave the cinema feeling kind of empty and a bit like, you know, each franchise movie ends setting up the next one, you know? Yeah. So you end up with this feeling of just delayed gratification every time where you come out feeling like, oh, this wasn't the important one. Actually, the next one is the important one. Yeah. And there's only so many times you can go through that before you're like, okay, I'm, I'm so sick of these. Yeah. So... Franchise movies is a big old sell for me. Uh, well, welcome to the club. Uh, it's a club consisting uh, of me and Martin Scorsese nice. uh, for the last few years. Bloody. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, resonates big time with me. I think it was overwhelming the mm. last, especially the last 10 years of it, right? Mm. I think where I got lost was maybe at the second Captain America uh, and uh, that... Uh, the, the what is the seventh Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Force Awakens, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then it just went on and on and on. And there was a new Avengers coming out every year and it was mm-hmm. sandwiched in between 
uh, three other uh, franchise superhero movies where maybe I had already missed part one and part two. Uh, and when I when it came to selecting what do I want to go see in the cinema, it was just like, well, I'm not investing into that at this moment. You know, mm. I was just over. It was just too much. Had no clue where any of the storylines were to the point where I just I just totally tuned out at some point. Mm-hmm. I think what 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 Disney did over those years. They got these acquisitions. They got this great intellectual property. They rode on the coattails of that, right? Hmm. They've squeezed it. I think what what you're saying, essentially, they've squeezed as much from that lemon as they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now they're faced with, oh, we might need to start being creative again. Mm-hmm. Uh, because at a certain point, you have to read the room. And if they're not as much of a success at the box office, if they're not driving as many subscriptions to Disney Plus and so on and so mm-hmm. forth, mm-hmm. there there needs to be an internal reckoning there at Disney of mm-hmm. what what are we as Disney, which which could even lead to a sell here, which is not on my list, but of 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 selling Disney, of having mm-hmm. a Disney breakup in the new year because yeah. they're just so unfocused and 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 all over the place to mm-hmm. an extent, and they they need to decide what they are. But I think yes, I think there's uh, there is now uh, these things are cyclical, right? And I think there is an appetite for uh, more. Well, what Scorsese would say is those things aren't cinema, mm-hmm. which I think is very loaded, and there's a lot to mm-hmm. to dig in on that. I'm not sure I totally agree. I mean, I think when we talk about pop culture, it doesn't matter what you or or the neighbor around the corner necessarily thinks. It matters what the masses mm-hmm. think, right? Mm-hmm. And if that's something the masses want to see, that is pop culture. Yeah. To a point, right? But I think we might be reaching a point where this isn't necessarily what people want to see anymore. We've kind of run out of runway. It's becoming overly predictable. Uh, Those those storylines are are very much copy and paste. So Mm -hmm. yes, welcome to the club, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna call your uh, your sell on that. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, there you go. Let's do it. That was my last big sell. We're selling those uh, those franchises. Absolutely, once and for all. (laughs) Good. Yeah. Yes. So, Mm -hmm. should I buy or sell now? You pick. Okay. I Neil, I am going to buy. Please. Um, the bookmakers are against me on this one at Ooh. the moment. Last okay. I checked uh, this morning, actually. Mm-hmm. But I am going to buy a female Bond. And, well, I should specify. Oh, you have a name in mind as well. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. Not necessarily that the character James Bond is female, okay. but that yeah. a female takes on a very, very prominent role uh, as as an agent, you know, let's say in the franchise, mm-hmm. speaking of franchises, okay, okay. Um, on on parallel with who that male character might be. Yeah. Because I don't think they're gonna they're gonna go and, and make, you know, James itself a woman. No. But I think uh, I think the time is ripe for this. I think it's going to be Lashana Lynch. Cool. That's uh, something I know nothing about. By the so, so yeah. well, you've seen her in No Time to Die. So she was the oh. the other agent there when you know he goes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, and I, I think she was great in that. She's she's just done now uh, this year. Actually, this um, again. Speaking of of what could become a franchise, this Woman King. Um, oh. with uh, nice yeah. yeah, which uh, which had Viola Davis in it, and uh, and so on and so forth about you know. A kingdom uh, of of Dahomey, uh, you know, going back into creating franchises, you know, in Africa, mm. a bit like the Wakanda, uh, Black Panther, in a way. But uh, I think uh, she's uh, she's one of the considered one of the better uh, young actresses at this mm. stage, and I think she could uh, she could slot in uh, into that and and take Bond again in a direction to keep them relevant and interesting, right? Yeah, so I yeah. think it's it's in everyone's interests. 
uh, including uh, our beloved uh, broccoli family to uh, to make this move. Bookmakers are not in my favor, but I uh, I think you're probably right. I think we've unfortunately had a few flops on this same genre. Do you remember this movie Atomic Blonde that came out? Like yes. Like, I do. Also, was that Charlize? Yeah, Charlize yeah. Theron. I think that was trying to do what you're talking about, which is like to be the new female-led action franchise that people will really get on board with. And I don't know why necessarily that that didn't work out. But speaking of Charlize, she'll be in the next Mad Max as like, it's called Furiosa, so it's about right. her. And, uh, I and think the first that, one was massive. And she was basically yeah. the main character of the yeah. first one, right? She had yeah. by far the most to say out of anyone, a lot more yeah. than Tom Hardy did. And uh, I think that could be an area where we see as well, this this kind of female action hero driving ahead. Now, I don't know the actress again. I mean, I've seen her, but I, I don't really have any opinion, right? Yeah. So I would love to be proven, uh, or I'd love for you to be proven right on this one. Yeah, let's, ma- let's make it actually a bet on, on female action heroes, right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, so having a female Bond in a way mm. uh, could be, you know, the... The spark for that one, along with Charlize's momentum continuing yeah, yeah, yeah. and so on and so forth. I mean, they keep trotting out Liam Neeson to do the same movie over and over again. He's done right. Taken about 10 times because he's yeah. done it like 10 different some ways. Some of the new ones are just getting weird. Exactly. So now it's like, okay, we've had that now. Can we find someone else to put in and let it be a woman and yeah. let it be like, you know, someone yeah. who's cool and interesting and like that we want to see more of? Exactly. I think, uh, I think you're onto something. Onto something there. Yeah. So, Lashana Lynch, remember the name Lashana throughout Lynch. 2023. Let's do it. She's here to stay. Lock it in. Lashana. Rocket ship Huge. to the moon. Huge. So we have two more bets. Yeah. yeah, we do. How do we handle this? Should we make these? Let's see. We're coming up on the 52 minute mark here. Yes, right? we are. For those that are still here, all four of you. Yeah, thanks for that. We we like the idea of keeping these episodes onto a tight hour, right? So I think this could be our chance to do two rapid fire buys and sells. Let's do it. Hopefully we haven't saved the most uh, complicated for last. And then... Uh, Let's uh, let's wrap this up by by the the clean hour mark. Okay. That. So you have a buy and I have a sell. Exactly. Who are you buying? I'm not even buying a person anymore. What I'm buying is <laughs> a trend because the chatbot was a person. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. In a way, you could argue. What I'm buying now is uh, a new concept, and it links a little bit to my social media sell because screen time. How are you on? How are you on manage, measuring your screen time? Do you do? Are you an active screen? Time I get measure? the notification every week. Um, yeah. I don't really dive into it too much because I I actively kind of well not actively but like I passively limit it to throughout mm. the week. The, the yeah. weekends for me are much less. I'm lying. Uh-oh. Those screen time notification are linked to yeah, my Apple devices, not to my television. So I'm full of crap. There you go. No, yeah. I'm the same. But at yeah. least that's a start, right? So I, I recently got into, you know, limiting to one hour a day any social media. And literally, when you click on the app after an hour, it doesn't open for you. And it says, yeah. hey, your screen time is limited, right? Now, you can get around that, of course. And I know I and a lot of people do that occasionally. But the point is, remember like about 10 years ago or so, or even 15, 20, step counting was a big thing steps not even like kilocalories right. uh, burned but literally the number of steps you take wrist shakes yeah well to get around <laughs> it yeah but you could you would buy a pedometer that was like an a, a, an item that was like people were rushing rushing out ah, to buy yeah. pedometers you would even put it on your you on your sit on your uh, belt yeah, on and, your uh, and at the end of the day people would look at their pedometer and say hey i did a uh, 10,000 steps happy days right and that kind of fell out of fashion a little bit and i think actually the science was was debunking actually steps as a measure of anything useful they, right. they basically said look into your kilocalories look at your heart rate and like how much cardio you you get and that's yeah. a better indicator you can get steps without necessarily doing any good for yourself let's say anyway that all came and went and i think I think now screen time is the new steps that 
we will be all told through uh, medical articles and journals and, and what have you that screen time is the big killer, right? That, that's raising our stress levels, our cortisol. It's causing us to be less happy, less healthy. It causes us to exercise less. So screen time, screen time, screen time. Yo. And I think someone's going to sell us a measurement of total screen time through work, through your phone, through your screen, through Netflix, YouTube, whatever. And I think it's going to be our main health KPI that we start to drive after. Like we all talk and we'll, we'll meet up saying, oh man, I had 42 hours of screen time this week. Yeah. Like, And we do, because I mean, right now our phones tell us, say you had an hour or two hours, three hours, right? But that's just your phone. And we all work office jobs where six hours a day we're at our desk. Like, then what do we do in the evening? We turn on the screen and watch that, you know? Yeah. So I think the, we're, we're due a reckoning here. And, uh, and that's what I think is going to be huge in 23. We're going to start... Uh, Really getting serious about screen time as a, as a KPI. That's, uh, I'm buying it as well. Uh, a recommendation off of that. People, read books. Read the damn books. Read books. It's yeah. You have to create you know, a habit and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, but we've seen a lot of people, including myself, coming back to books yeah. over you know, those early lockdown times of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. If you created a habit when you have those 10 minutes free or when you're commuting to work, that instead of looking down into your screen, yeah. you're flipping through. 10 pages of the book, you're going to be surprised by how much you're able to read in a year. 100%. Uh, and yeah. also, you know, you don't have the blue light effect from that. And other. so, exactly. not to get too preachy, but no, that, no, that totally. could be something you guys take up in 2023. Mm-hmm. I'm buying screen time analytics uh, as well with you. Uh, who am I selling? I am selling. It pains me to say this, uh, even more than kind of it pained me to sell Succession Season 4. Yeah. Uh, I am selling John David Washington, the son of uh, my Denzel. favorite actor yeah. of his generation, Denzel Washington. It is. Uh, it's not fair to compare anybody to their fathers, especially when their father is a legend, yeah. uh, as Denzel is. Uh, so so maybe a lot of that is coming from this, but I had high hopes for John David. Mm. Um, I liked him early on uh, when he did the TV series Ballers. He was fun. Played the role well. Uh, I liked him in. Uh, I loved him. Adored him in Black Klansman. I really? loved. The, okay. I loved that whole movie. Right, yeah, and yeah. I said we're on to something. He's still. I thought still a diamond in the rough. Whatever. Of course, Driver mm-hmm. in terms of acting stole the show there. But I, mm-hmm. I thought he was good. Fine in Tenet. Fine in in Malcolm and Marie. Uh, he's been doing some some other stuff this year. I think uh, what I'm missing from John David, uh, one of his father's great strengths, wasn't just you know the the reciting actively. It was mm. what we talked about earlier as well. What does Denzel do with his face? Mm. Like when you think of a De Niro or a Jack Nicholson, what are they doing with their eyebrows? You know, like mm. a, a Rachel McAdams, a whoever. The great acting comes from that way of being mm. also the body language and and uh, and the facial expressions john david his face is frozen mm. all the time yeah i i don't have that critical aspect which i think separates uh the greats from the also runs mm-hmm. so i'm selling john david washington stock i do not think he's gonna uh sustain as a as a leading man going forward he'll have a great yeah. career he'll be fine uh, but I don't think he's going to be a leading man. I have to agree. And it's kind of painful. As you say, it's like, you don't want this to be the case. We all wanted him to be the next, the next Denzel, right? Like, yeah. and why couldn't he, you know, he had, to see he had every chance. 
and I have to say for me, it was Tenet actually that I just towards the end of Tenet, I was watching it thinking this guy just doesn't, I don't care. Like, you know, I, no. I don't, with actors who are stoic and, and maybe Mads Mikkelsen is a good example. Mads doesn't give a lot away with his face actually. Mm-hmm. And that's a, in some ways it's a good thing because you really want to know what's going on in his head, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you watch him in uh, another round, you know, the talk, uh, the yeah. movie, or if you watch him as Le Chief in, in Casino Royale or everything else he's done. He's like, he withholds his emotions in a way that for, draws you in and makes you- get you, intrigued. Yeah, you're like, what's going on in his head? And then when he does crack a smile, you're like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. he's happy. But w- with John David, it's like, are you just bored? Like you you, yeah. don't, you don't seem- Do you want to be here? Yeah, it's like you, you don't really seem interested to even really be in this movie kind of, you know? And maybe that's a decision and maybe that's the direction he was getting from from Christopher Nolan or, for, or whatever. But then the more I see him, and I also thought in Black Landsman, like- it just feels like he's not really trying, you know, he's like, yeah. he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll say the words that I was told to say and let's get through this. But yeah. like, yeah, I think, um, I've, I'm, I, I gave him a chance. I really did. Yeah. And I wanted him to be great, but yeah. I don't see it. John David, if you're out there listening, mm. please, 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 please prove me wrong. Just, I would be happy yeah. for you to do it. Exactly. And just turn uh-huh. up the emoting dial like one notch next time. You have just, a great mentor at yeah. home. Just, just give him a call. Yeah. Give Ask him a call. Feedback. Have some sessions I'm with sure with he has some feedback. Yeah, exactly, Come exactly. On. So well, we'll, we we'll wrap with John David, uh, and uh, it's it's been a great ride with all these bets. Yeah. Uh, you can listen to our part one uh, in the archive. This is part two. Uh, make sure to to tell your friends about this if you're enjoying yeah. it, and please uh, uh, like chime in. Let us know your big bets. Let us know which ones you uh, you agree and disagree on. Like genuinely, I would love to hear where where you think we're way off base and where you think we actually might be onto something here. Absolutely. Should we should we do a quick run through one more time? What are our buys? And yes, ourselves were? let's do that. Just to wrap it up. So, you want to start? Yeah. So for 2023, my buys shocking horror movies messed up crazy scary movies ai chatbots and all the good that they will bring to the world and screen time as the new step counting yes my buys morocco yes the country the chalamets plural Mm -hmm. and a female bond lock it in on the cells then we have uh passive investing on my side we have social media as a whole or maybe to get more specific the toxic uh negative side of social media and franchise movies. My cells, we have Succession Season 4, we have Elon Musk, and we have John David Washington. Some really controversial postulations in there, I must say. Many things to postulate. So on that note, we're going to leave you with all of those postulations, uh, signing off with wishing all of you a happy new year. And uh, anything else, Neil? I don't think so. Thank you, everybody, for all the uh, the support, the encouragement so far. And uh, please join us for an interesting 2023. Thank you, Neil Fitzpatrick. Thank you, Nicola Volby. Talk to you next time.